0: Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey and welcome to Casual Friday edition of the podcast. Even though we remain in isolation, I got dressed in grown-up day clothes today. I'm not wearing my pajamas.
1: Not me. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I just feel like I get a little more done if I get up and take a quick shower and get dressed. And, uh, you know, I have a closets full of clothes. I should be wearing them.
1: Yeah, I definitely have to put on different clothes than what I slept in. But I am, uh, I'm wearing a pair of sweatpants that I do not wear outside of the house. <laughs> um, because they have a swear word written down the leg. <laughs> oh, yeah, I pick and choose
0: carefully my swear clothes for where I'm going but um, Mm -hmm. now who cares I live in my house (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, yeah so this week one of the people we talked about was Charlotte of Belgium slash Carlotta of Mexico and it's it's interesting, one of the things that I that got me to land there that I did not talk about in the episode was that I wanted to get something that was not just European history, because we do often tend to do a lot of that since it has readily available sources. Of course, it still connects very deeply to European history, but it ended up being sad, for which I apologize. But it is one of those things where I feel like I had never really gotten much of her story And it was one of those things where I would only see quick write-ups of her as like, and then she went crazy. And there are several, I have noticed, that say that she went mad after her husband's death, kind of suggesting that that was the impetus for her to kind of have her uh, mental illness issues. But in fact, we don't know if she ever was definitively told that he had died. Yeah, Because there was a lot of a lot of decision making around her that did not involve her to try to protect her from things that might upset her further.
1: Right. Right. Which
0: gets into a whole other ethical discussion of what is acceptable and not in those situations. But uh yeah, I promise the next one I will try if I pick another mad royal, I will try to find not such a sad, sad mad royal. Maybe we could just find a, a nutty eccentric royal that likes feathers or something. <laughs>
1: Those are definitely pretty fun. I don't know. Because we record these as soon as we're done recording the episode that they're about. Uh, I, I don't really know what the order is going to be of episodes coming out soon. But I know the next thing I'm researching after this is Unearthed. Yeah. Long time favorite part of our normal process of things that we put on the calendar. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and
0: it's usually a little lighter fare. Yeah, Uh, there is often some, uh, you know, the inevitable racism of history to untangle in it, Mm -hmm. but it still usually tends to be a little more upbeat. So, um, yeah, yeah, that will be good. (laughs) Uh, It's one of those things, too, where we talked about it a little before we started recording that there are these people. You realize how much like the dots all start to connect throughout history. Mm hmm. Particularly, like, even uh, we have an upcoming episode, uh, or we just had our episode on Rinderpest, which was going on at the same time as all of this Carlotta and U.S. Civil War stuff For part of it. Yeah. And I had this moment while we were talking about it, and I was like, ugh, it's all connected. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> Which is really what you learn the more you study history, is that everything yeah. connects to everything else and impacts it in ways that you're not always conscious of. Yep. Uh, the other thing that we talked about this week, which I think is a little peppier, uh, <laughs> is uh, Dominique uh, Jean Larrey, who I adore openly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's one of those people that I admire in history because he's everything I am not, right? Like he, right. Um, they, every description of him talks about how even like literally while treating men on the battlefield with bullets whizzing around his head. He was always very efficient and quick, but also very calm and soothing. Whereas I would be like, ah! "Um, that's how I would be. If you ever wondered. And I just, he's one of those people we, we don't think about very often. I did not know much about him at all. I had heard the name, but I didn't realize his import in terms of like, we are still benefiting from his insights and his work and his very careful approach to medicine and his very thoughtful approach to how people should
1: be treated. Yeah. I mean, we talked about some of the same ideas in the episode about the establishment of the Red Cross. Yeah. Um, and and moves to call for, like, international human rights standards about, like, not attacking hospitals during wartime, um, which... Of course, hospitals still get attacked during wartime in spite of that. But, like, having a whole humanitarian focus on people who are treating the injured need to not be attacked by enemy combatants while they're doing their job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he was preaching that particular ideology way before any of it was ever um, passed into any sort of law or resolution. Uh, And he really did instill in the doctors that worked under him that same ethic of like, I don't, I don't care that that's a Russian soldier. That's a person that needs our help. You're a doctor first. Yeah. Which I really find incredibly admirable, especially when you consider how much of a shift that was to the norm. It says a lot, I think, about his personality that it doesn't seem like he got a whole lot of pushback on that. No. Or like he set the
1: rules and people were like, okay, Um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and just in general, the overall tone of the episode is basically the opposite of any other time we talk about the Napoleonic Wars. Right?
0: Yeah, I didn't get into, like, the politics of of Napoleon, although he was very loyal to Napoleon, which comes with its own question marks. And, uh, you know, Napoleon clearly adored him as well. I read one piece where he was compared to Napoleon as, like, Napoleon was, like, the king of generals and he was the king of battlefield medicine. And I was like, that's an interesting, um, you know, way to look at it, I guess. yeah. But he certainly was, I mean, it's so influential when we think about like triage in particular, that whole system remains in place. And the way that he set up his divisions, very similar. It's going to sound like a weird comparison, but very similar in my mind to the way, uh, professional kitchen is laid up where like everybody has their their rules and the chain of command everybody knows what's going on they're all working sort of independently but reporting up under a person except the stakes are super high which i think probably also engenders a lot of trust at that point among the divisions yeah everyone that worked with him seemed to have adored him i rooted around forever and could not find anybody criticizing him <laughs> just a nice feel good story for our times and also i mean the thing that led me to it i said at the top of the episode was that we are in a time where medical personnel are at the forefront of the news a lot and i think anytime we can applaud them and appreciate their efforts always a good thing uh so this is in in a small way
1: my way of thanking them